and welcome back to the Dreamcast. I am your host, Denise Walsh. I combine science, scripture, and stories that will inspire you to dive deep, break through your own personal glass ceiling, and design a life of your dreams. Big, big welcome back to the Dreamcast. In today's episode, I am so excited. I get to recognize and honor a friend and a dream life participant who is now also an author. She is a single mom, an artist, and an art educator. After wrapping up a 31-year teaching career, she enjoys teaching adults and children at local art studios. She loves to show people how to use art as a tool for self-discovery and strongly believes that it's never too late to change, learn, and grow. She is the proud author of her new book, Mom on a Shelf, Big Dreamcast, welcome to Eileen Healy. Thank you, Denise. I'm so excited to be with you. Yay. Well, I (laughs) celebrate dreams happening. (laughs) I am such a big proponent, as you know, of like listening to that inner spark and then actually following through on it. And so when I see dreams coming to fruition, I want to yell it from the rooftops because It's so stinking cool. And I'm just really proud of you for not just saying it, but actually following through and and doing it, writing it, publishing. I have your book in your hands. You're selling it right now on Amazon. In fact, you were a part of 90 Day U-Turn in the first round. You then Mm -hmm. participated in the Dream Life Adventure back in May of 2022. And what's so cool is that two people since that May retreat, it is now October, have written their books. And I just, again, love not just seeing the dreaming and the reconnection to that spark, but I love seeing the execution. So let's talk about your specific book and where and when this spark, this dream started to bubble up for you. Well, the spark started and then the follow through came on gradual, but um, as a result of 9-11, That's really, if I have to pinpoint a turning point, um, that would be the beginning of looking at myself and my life and reevaluating. I lost my older brother, Michael. Uh, He was a fireman and he was young and he had his whole life ahead of him. And it didn't make a whole lot of sense. My brother being taken by a terrorist attack, you know, just, I couldn't make peace with that unless I found a lesson. I, I started searching for a lesson and I pinpointed that to just trying to live my life to make him proud. Yeah. As simply as that, if he couldn't live the life he was meant to have, I was going to make sure I was doing the best to live a purposeful life in his honor. Amen. Amen. I think finding the purpose out of the pain is a huge growth strategy through the grief process, right? So you're not staying, you're allowing yourself to grieve and be sad, but yet you're moving through it with the vision of, all right, something good can come from this tragedy. Mm-hmm. So before 9-11, how would you identify life? How would you describe it? Before 9-11, 
I was immersed in parent mode and a little too immersed. I was hiding out there and doing for everyone else. And I was not paying attention to any of my goals or dreams or even just my health, you know, um, for some reason, when I became a mom and a wife, I felt, okay, now it's time for me to take care of my family. And I didn't think my personal goals and dreams had a place in that. So I put myself on the shelf. <laughs> and that's where the name come from, came from. Um, mom on a shelf just kept echoing in my head once I started looking at my life and thinking, you know what? I used to be a goal setter and I lost that. And I just, I don't know. I was just so busy. I was letting everything else go and being just immersed in parent mode. And it's, it's not healthy. I mean, I, you know, it started showing itself in a lot of ways, but I really just started feeling empty, like a nobody, you know? So when I started looking at myself after being shaken up by 9-11, I didn't like what I saw at that point. And I had to push myself to really start making some changes. And that was hard and a long, gradual process. <laughs> well, I think um, you're, you're so right. So many moms are, and I think there's some, there's like, this is the way life is, right? We have to be, you know, where you have children. And so of course we want to parent them. And of course we want to love on them and provide for them and be, be a, a foundation for them, of course. But, but when we do that, by stuffing our needs down or dismissing our desires or like you mentioned, putting yourself on the shelf and really not even asking yourself, what do I want? Oh, and, and taking care of yourself, it does start to come to a head and you start to realize like, okay, I'm a mom, but that's not all I am. I'm, I'm exactly. beyond exactly. a mom. Uh, being a mom is a great role that we have. And we also get X, Y, and Z identities as well. So how did you start that process from going from, all right, emotionally bankrupt, tired, feeling like self-care was selfish to starting to find yourself again? I did a lot of reading, um, trying to remember the name of the book. I think it was called The Choice to Change. I picked it up off the shelf at my mom's house, actually, and it was a, an Al-Anon-based book, I believe. I think it was The Choice to Change. And every page I turned, I was like, oh, my God, that's me. Oh, my God, that's me. <laughs> and I, I couldn't put it down. Um, and I'm like, Mom, I'm taking this book home with me. But really, it started just making me think the wheels started turning and, and I just felt like I was spinning in circles and out of control of my own life. And I needed to get that back. So I started with focusing on health, just making time, just making time in my day made me feel more important, you know, just prioritizing even just one thing. So Tuesdays and Thursdays, I started doing kickboxing, um, started trying to eat healthier, went to Weight Watchers, things like that. 
And, you know, you think it's not really about the health. It's, it's about making time for yourself. And then I started feeling as if my kids were noticing. And then I realized little eyes are always watching. And I was not setting a good example by ignoring myself. Then they were going to think that that's what being a parent meant, you know. And I didn't want them to be unhappy and sad and empty like me. So that fueled me to continue. Yeah. So you jumped into reading, stimulating your mind, finding that motivation. And then you picked one area of life to focus on. One area. Because you guys, I think oftentimes people are like, I need to change everything, which is why we do nothing, because that seems very overwhelming. Exactly. That is very overwhelming. Yes. So choosing one and then joining a group that can hold you accountable. And my guess is you found some relationships, some friendships, some community out of those groups that allowed you to kind of get out of your shell a little bit more and introduce some exactly. joy back. Exactly. And just, you know, it just made, started making me feel good and it gave me more energy to be eating healthier and just, you know things, the wheels started turning yeah, in a forward direction. Thank goodness. <laughs> yes. Well, because you're right. We, our habits are taking us in a direction always, right? We're always moving in a direction. The question is, is, is it the direction we want to go or is it not? And if we're well, not I was just tagging along on somebody else's direction, because I really wasn't yeah. making decisions for myself those were being made for me. I wasn't even in control. So it was a taking back control, yeah. you know? Because you're right. If we're not consciously aware or consciously choosing, we're swept up in the day-to-day. We're swept up in what everybody else needs. We're swept up in what the priorities of the people are around us because we mm-hmm. haven't set our own priorities and put them on the calendar. Now, one thing that I love, so you guys, Mom on a Shelf is currently available on Amazon by Eileen Healy. The link is in the description box or show notes or whatever that's called. Um, And what I love is that she has um, a bit of her story. And uh, so you can really understand where she's coming from. and And most likely you will be able to see yourself in that story. I think this is something that a lot of moms experience because we desire to have a family, but then in the process, we kind of lose ourselves in that, in the family. And so how do we find that back? So you're going to identify with her story, bits and pieces of it. You'll say, Oh, that's me. And then in part two, she talks about lessons learned. And this I think is stinking cool because these are exercises that you did to help you clear out the cobwebs to help you find yourself again, to help you feel that sense of purpose and joy and get that direction back. And these are things that people can do again and again and again. And so they're separated here, guys, so you can find them easily so that you can go back so you can do these exercises and that you can find this the same clarity. So if you had to pick, and maybe we'll talk about a few, but if you had to pick your favorite lesson learned, which one would it be? Oh, that's a tough one, Denise. I know because 
they're all and in 90 day U-turn, I'm like, this is my favorite. No, this is my favorite. <laughs> they're, they're all my favorite for different reasons. I'm sure you feel similarly. Well, let's see. I think I think for me the biggest issue, so I would say that this is the most meaningful, is just knowing that you're worthy and truly believing it. Like I can say it till the cows come home and it's just like, if I don't truly believe it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to change, you know? So I I would continually self-sabotage because I really, I'd get close to something that I wanted and then I would feel unworthy of achieving it, of having it or receiving it, you know? Yeah. And uh, I would make things up that would sabotage it. That's so, so those are patterns. Yes. And self, self-love, worthiness, this, this is the foundation that is either strong or fractured. So when it's fractured, then that's when the self-sabotage cycle truly, you know, mm-hmm. even if we don't mean to, because that, that, so how did you strengthen that? A lot of self-help, but also therapy and working with life coaches. I've I've done some inner child work uh-huh. to try to go back to figure out where did these beliefs begin. Yeah. And rather than one big event, in reality, it's lots of little things that consistently added up to a faulty belief system about my worthiness. And it's still, and I would say very importantly, don't think you're going to fix yourself and that's it because it's an ongoing process. Consistency, practicing new healthy habits for your mind as well as your body um, and your spirit is so it's it's a balance of all of those things and the consistency matters so if you make a mistake like I'll still you know something will trigger me and I'll back off when I really should be standing in my truth and my power and I I retreat but now I write it down and I journal about it Right. You know, you what triggered me? Figure it out. Like it's a project. I'm a project. <laughs> <laughs> the action step that you mentioned in the book, which I just think is so powerful, is you say to find a photo of yourself as a baby and then ask, like, ask yourself questions about yourself. How would you treat this baby? You know, how would does baby you deserve love and attention and worthiness? And if baby you deserves it, you still, you know, deserve it as well. And I think taking a look at our, as you mentioned, your inner child or that younger self and treating yourself now like you would desire her to be treated is powerful. And a lot of that is your inner voice too. Yeah. You know, those, those negative voices in your head that shoot you down when you really would never say that to somebody else. Why would you say it to yourself? I often will ask people, what would you tell your daughter? Mm-hmm. That's a good exercise. So nicer. Well. We're so much nicer to mm-hmm. other people than we are ourselves. And right, right. 
And in our heads, we jump straight to the negative. So that's just another thing that's just a continual work in progress. And it's okay to be a work in progress. Yeah. It's that day where you stop growing personally that, you know what, why even, why even be here? (laughs) Absolutely. You know, you have to continually work on it, but that, you know, it's an ongoing process in it. And now I find excitement in that because I'm seeing the patterns um, and the connections, especially through working with a therapist. And I totally encourage that, you know, just to use someone as a sounding board. And then as you're saying it, I'll be saying something. I'll be like, oh, we talked about that. And we talked about that. And now I see the connection. How did taking you off the shelf and really start working on yourself years ago, how did that change things for you and your family? Well, it changed quite a bit. And and in some ways, the decisions I made felt selfish because I did uproot me and my kids and start fresh as a single mom. And it was hard. And it made it hard for all of us financially, but I wouldn't change a thing because I just, I needed to be able to expand. And I was stuck. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's so. Lots of changes. (laughs) Not easy to live in a toxic environment. Mm -hmm. When you notice that it's toxic, you have options, right? You either accept it, change it, or stay miserable. And when accepting it isn't an option, uh, staying miserable isn't an option, then change is the option. Right. Right. And I also, I don't know, somewhere along the line, I thought, and I think this was a childhood um, experience, Um, someone used to always say, you've made your bed, now you need to lie in it. Mm -hmm. And for years, I thought, okay, I made these decisions. This is my life. (laughs) And so not true. You know, people change. They grow together, but sometimes they grow apart. And it doesn't make anything that came before less important or less value. It's just, it's time. Yeah. 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 You know? And how did your kids see you grow as you started taking on these new hobbies and new habits? I am so excited to say that by setting a better example, they admire my growth and they stand in their power. And that's, I couldn't, you know, I I could not want any more than my children standing in their truth and being who they are and being happy and being allowed to be happy, you know, but so better late than never, it's never too late. So at this point, I mean, I'm 59 years old and I'm still growing and this is, uh, you know, it started late, but I did it. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and it motiv- still matters. Absolutely. And I think that's motivating for your kids to see too. I just got back from the chiropractor and he said that one exercise they did at their recent conference was they 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 decided like, okay, typical age of death or average age of death is like 78 or something like that. And then they all, of course, 
minus how old they are now. Anyway, they figured out how many hours they had left to live. Hmm. It was a really interesting thing. I'm like, I need to try that because that's just a fascinating, fascinating idea. How many hours do I have left to live? And if we sleep eight hours a night, like let's decrease that. You know what I mean? And I think it really just puts some urgency behind this. We don't need to stay miserable. We don't need to accept things that don't align, no longer align with us. The We have the ability to make a change no matter how old you are. Mm-hmm. So let's mm-hmm. talk about writing the book because it had been on your heart. Well, I think the process probably started in 2001 mm-hmm. when you made, uh, when you had your own wake up call with the loss of your brother and you started on this self-discovery journey of like, who am I and what do I really want my life to look like? And how can I live my life in joy and peace, mm-hmm. which of course takes healing. Um, it, t- it takes intention. It takes releasing and letting go and working through grief and then new griefs come and we work through that. And um, so oh, yeah. when did you just say, all right, I'm going <laughs> to take this idea off the shelf and put it in my calendar? Well, it was in my head in bits and pieces and lots of journals all around the house um, during the pandemic. I sat down, I ran out of household projects that needed to be done. (laughs) So, you know, I had, I had that list like many people do after I retire, I will do this. And I said, you know, what am I waiting for? Let me just get started on it. And I started during, during that time where we were home a lot and um, it gradually, you know, took form, took shape. Um, wrote it down on post-it notes and uh, rearranged the order, put them on index cards with a little more detail and got it all laid out. You know, probably a little old school, (laughs) but who cares? It worked. But um, I think so. I would say that was 2020. And I did get pretty far during that time. But for some reason, I put it aside when we started re-emerging from our cocoons <laughs> and um, I started procrastinating. So then I started questioning, why am I not following through with this? And I did do your 90 day return, your U-turn right around that time. Uh-huh. Um, the fact remains that little bit of confidence and self-sabotage re-emerges at times. Uh-huh. So that really made me um, more confident, especially when we conferenced with each other separately and privately. And sometimes I felt like I slipped naturally into that mothering, coaching kind of a role And you really felt like you could speak openly because we were a group of people that wanted to grow. And when you, you know, surround yourself with like-minded people, it, um, it matters Yeah. because not everybody understands all of this self-improvement stuff. (laughs) (laughs) I know. I'm like, I don't understand them, but here we go. (laughs) So that got me going again. Well, in 90 Day U-Turn, for those that don't know, is a 12-week course where you have curriculum and that you listen to on your own time, plus worksheets that you do on your own time. So you can ask yourself the questions, not just, you know, hear me talk. I often say that if we could all change just by listening to YouTube videos, we'd already be there. So there's power in learning, of course, but there's also power in writing. And then we meet once a week to talk about it. And so that is what Eileen is referencing, where we met 
and I put you guys in breakout rooms where then you get to actually speak it out loud, which vibrates your entire body and you get feedback from others. But then you also, it sounds like got rekindling this coaching idea of, you know what, I'm, I might be kind of good at this. I'm a natural at this. And you uh, were sparked in new ways too. So you it's like I was testing it out, you yeah. know, it's a way to test it out. It is. It really is. Yeah. So the book got put back on the forefront. Did you bring a pretend copy to the dream dinner in May? I did. Okay. <laughs> but the cover was completely different. Yes. It morphed into this. <laughs> yes. And so for those that have not been to an adventure, a dream life adventure, we always end with the dream dinner and pretend like it's five years from now and we've accomplished our dreams. And so Eileen came as an author and described this book and showed us. And of course, it was, you know, when I do this, I print off a pretend cover and put it on a book I already have. And, <laughs> and that's how we do it. Uh, but it brought to the forefront. And then do you have any recollections or memories about how it was that night talking about it as if it were already done? I think that was the most um, the, the most influential part of that weekend. Because you truly embodied all of the things that you're dreaming about and thinking about. And it felt for the first time, like this could happen, you know, it clicked. It's definitely a great experience. I told so many people about the dream life dinner and just the idea of projecting five years into the future and coming to dinner as if you were there and speaking and everybody was so in character. I was very impressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's I like, I, it's hard to explain because it's always way cooler than we could ever describe, but it's like the exclamation point on the weekend. And it really mm -hmm. does. Everything gets a bit deeper. It's not just this cool idea. It becomes who you be. And so you got home from the trip uh, and tell me how the heck you got this out so fast. What happened next? Well, um, I felt like I procrastinated longer than I should have. <laughs> so I got to the point where I got um, immersed in editing and re-editing and rereading and re-editing. And, and I could have gone on like forever. So I had to talk myself into the fact that I need to make it okay in my head that this is not going to be perfect. And as soon as I got the hard copy, you know, I started looking and saying, oh, I should have done that. <laughs> but I'm okay with it not being perfect. It's more important that I stop sitting on this information that could fast track somebody else who was stuck. And it doesn't have to take them 20 years to get started on who they are meant to be, you know. Um, but then I got stuck again. I was worried. I was worried that my mom would be hurt talking about childhood affecting mm -hmm. my emotional um, advancement in my life, you know, and how I kept getting stuck and self-sabotaging. A lot of that is based on childhood experience. And I was afraid of hurting her feelings. So again, I put it aside for like two months and I'm like, all right, enough is enough. And I went and I talked to her and I said, are you okay with this? And she's like, 86 years old, Jewish. 
<laughs> and I got her stamp of approval when she she read it and and I again it was story I was telling myself that was putting a block in front of finishing it. So the day the day she said it's absolutely fine. It's not anything we didn't talk about already and it's it's no big secret, you know. Um, she gave me permission and I, I worked on the cover that day and, and started doing the self-publishing with Amazon. So I, I literally got it together in like a 9-11. It was right around 9-11. I finished it 9-11. Amazing. In honor of Michael. Oh, <laughs> amazing. Things come. So like perfect. three days, I, I just sat at the computer and just got it done. <laughs> Aww. But you're right. How often are we stopping ourselves? because we're afraid of what other people might think, say, or do when the story is inaccurate. The one that we think that they might think, say, or do is not, is not true. And so sometimes you have the ability to go ask them. Mm -hmm. And I love that you did that and it gave you full permission. So any story you were telling yourself now, just you knew did not hold water and there is no longer an excuse to hold Mm -hmm. on to. Exactly. Yeah. So for somebody so, that has does not know anything about self-publishing, uh, did you, how did you figure it out yourself? Because I, I, I we just went got to another retreat in October, the Destin retreat. And I would say four or five, the girls there want to write a book, mm-hmm. but it feels like wow. so hard. It feels mm-hmm. daunting. I so, will say it wasn't okay. easy, but I figured it out. Okay. And um, you didn't even ask me for help. So I'm like, I'm impressed. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I mean, there's advantaging it, there's advantages to having it published and have somebody else hand, handle that, but that can be very expensive. Well, and um, so the way this is done, it's no money out of your pocket. Yeah. So through Amazon, um, it's Kindle publishing. So it's KDP publishing. And it's, they have their own software designed that you use, but you do have to put, I'm not, I use Google Docs more than I use Word and it had to be in a certain format in Word. So I had to transfer all that. And that was the most time consuming, getting the right format, but they have templates to use and it's actually pretty user-friendly. So now that I did it, I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do another one. Right. Now that you know. I just learned how to do it, I may as well do it again. It'll be easier the next time around. But no, it, it's it's nothing hard. And, you know, I'm older. Other people that are younger are more savvy with some of these programs. So I I may have to work a little harder and somebody could do it quicker if they're more <laughs> computer savvy. There's, there's three things that you need to self-publish. And I think that self-publishing gives you so much more control in a sense. Mm -hmm. What I learned about publishers is that they don't really even market for you. So they'll get it all together for you, but you still need to be loud and get people to buy it essentially. Right. Right. But the three things that you need are an ISBN, which of course I didn't know until I started down this road, which is the barcode. And so Amazon Mm -hmm. does give you one, right? That that is like automatic. They automatic. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you, from what I understand and things could have changed over the years, but if you want it to be at like Barnes Noble or other places, then you would want to get an outside ISBN. 
and you can buy that online, but then upload mm-hmm. it. But yeah, Amazon has the ability to do it as well. And then you need a cover and the cover needs to have a spine and a back cover. And they give you the dimensions for all of that too. And then you need what's called typesetting, which is the inside format. And that's what you're meaning where you had to transfer it to Word and then make sure right. all of the the dimensions and all of this, you know, because you, you don't want it to fall into the middle of the book and be on a crease or something. So. Yeah, that kind of stuff was a little tricky, but it, I mean, if I could do it, anybody could do it. <laughs> Well, I love that you're that you did it on your own because I had a cover person and I had a typesetter person. And so those are not things that I learned. And I love that it's possible because again, you don't need to spend money to write to it just time, energy, and more grit than anything else. Mm-hmm. And I also used um for the cover design, I used Canva. So you were able to take the template from KDP and download it into Canva with the correct dimensions and it was compatible. Perfect. And then so once that you have was, that, it, you just upload it into the KDP and off you go. Right. And then there's a little approval process yeah. where you submit it and they give you feedback if they think there's grammatical errors or spelling errors, you can approve the change or say you want to leave it as is. Uh, that takes two days, yeah, two, three days, you get that feedback and approval. But if there's corrections to make, it takes a little longer because you go back and forth and resubmit it. Right. Resubmit mm-hmm. it. How did it feel to get the approval and then finally see it on Amazon? Amazing. <laughs> it was you know, just so empowering, so satisfying. And then you're like, okay, what's next? Because you have that like fuel behind you now. I did that. I can do something else. So again, it's just boosting your confidence level. Um, so now I know I can do that. I'll do that and uh, do another book. I'm thinking I want to do a companion to Mom on a Shelf that's more activity-based, possibly. Um, I, like, I might even hand draw it, but I'm working on that. Um, a journal, a planner, incorporating some of the concepts and lessons into a daily habit, a routine. Yeah. But simple. Simple is better because if it's time consuming, people aren't going to do it. Yeah. Because most of the people are moms and moms are busy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So Absolutely. simplicity matters. But Absolutely. yeah, so that's my next uh, endeavor to follow up with a companion guide. Well, I am so proud of you. For not just having this idea, but for actually executing on it, for saying yes to that spark, putting it on your calendar, Googling the things you didn't know, you know, everything is searchable. So how do I get this? You know, and you've, you asked questions, you figured it out, you watched tutorials, you probably had to do it more than once, but now that you know you can support others who want to write their own book and you can write your, your, a new one and it will go much, much faster because you understand Mm -hmm. the process. And not only that, the book is a powerful resource for every single mom out there who wants to find their spark again. I hope so. I think so. I absolutely. Even, even not women, you know, I know some men that have fallen to that people pleasing mode. It really is valid 
for more than just moms, but especially moms. Yeah. Because we do tend to self-sacrifice for the good of the family. And that helps nobody. Yeah. It really doesn't. Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, I want to say thank you for being a part of 90 Day U-Turn and the Dream Life Adventures and just um, getting for me to be a part of your story. Um, I've enjoyed getting to know you and I hope that those experiences were an onion layer to help get you closer to your dreams. Absolutely. um, So you guys, if you are looking to get yourself um, a loving kick in the right direction, Mom on a Shelf is a powerful story of how Eileen took herself off the shelf and found herself again, but there's amazing action steps that you will be able to do immediately. So you start seeing results too. So I'll put the link in the show notes below. Thank you so much, Eileen, for sharing your heart and your wisdom today. Thank you, Denise. It was wonderful to talk to you about it. (laughs) Have an amazing day, my friends, and we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. I want to hear your aha moment from today's amazing episode. If you could leave a review at whatever podcast player you choose to listen from, Apple Podcast, CastBox, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you're listening from, leave a review and share with us your favorite part of today's episode. Thanks for hanging out and remember to dream big. 